You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Business of the Music Business Podcast. I'm Pam Rossi. Well, you can play an instrument, you can sing. Now what do you do? Well, to be a successful musician, you need to know the business side of your craft. If you don't, it's just a hobby. Yes, thank you and welcome. Um, as we do every week, bring in somebody to talk to that is an expert and something about the music business. And uh, this week I have uh, another guest in here. This is um, Max Sneed. Welcome, Max. Thank you. Max is from the Kerr-Russell Attorneys and Counselor, um, Kerr-Russell and Weber PLC. Correct. Okay. And that's based here in Detroit? Yes. We are the oldest law firm in the city of Detroit. Really? Yeah. We've uh, been continuously operating since 1874. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Different names as the partners changed, but uh, we are now Kerr-Russell, and uh, that's going to be our name going forward. Uh, yes, we've been around for a long, long time. Oh, my goodness. Very committed to the city. Well, cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's, and um, have you stuck with the same kind of law that you practice? Yeah, yeah. In law school, I, uh, you know, dabbled in a few classes with intellectual property and uh, that uh, really piqued my interest at the time. And okay. so I was lucky enough to move into private practice and be able to continue that. Okay. Which is what we are going to talk about today. Um, intellectual property, uh, it's it's huge. And, you know, as someone myself that's done some things that involves this, I'm very interested in is in it as well as explaining things to musicians and creatives out there that need to know about it because that's your bread and butter, basically. It is, and I'm happy to uh, get the word out. I know there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding and sometimes uh, people confuse related concepts, so uh, hopefully okay. we can get people uh, thinking on the right path and if nothing else, um, you know, give a call to the right people when the time comes. Awesome. All right. Well, I have questions as – my little notebook is my past customer or customers. My past guests have noted in my notebook here, but you know, I, I have a lot of questions and I know there's some things that, you know, you are an expert at. So we're going to delve into this whole thing about protecting your intellectual property. So let's start off with what exactly is intellectual property? Well, intellectual property is a very broad term that could be defined many different ways, but um, you know, typically uh, it references in the broadest sense any kind of rights in things that are not touchable, something you can't move around. In the context uh, we're talking about here today, um, the most uh, appropriate uh, uh, intellectual property rights generally involve copyrights, but in the music industry, trademarks also come into play, um, rights of publicity come into play. Um, and, um, you know, in, in a lesser degree, maybe trade secrets and uh, to the extent a uh, musician becomes famous, um, rights protecting their publicity, their likeness, their name also uh, need to be protected vigilantly because people are prone to mm. use famous people's names to uh, for their own uses. Yes. Um, and so that's the rights of publicity covers that end of it or is that different? Yeah. It's okay. a, it's a kind of – there's no statute. With the others, with trademarks, copyrights, patents, uh, those are covered by federal statutes. Okay. Um, rights of publicity are uh, – and uh, – 
you know, there are more uh, judge-created common law, they're called. Okay. And, uh, but those rights are still, uh, you know, if you are famous or even if you're not, you know, if I film you and put you in my commercial, I still oh. need your permission whether you're famous or not. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot bigger problem when you're famous. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, that when you say that, there's a couple things that come to mind. First of all, yeah, you have to write if you're uh, in a public place, you know, they know that they're going to be filming. You kind of sometimes have to... Either sign a, see, waiver. sign a waiver or you see a sign that says you may be on film, you know, this week record right. stuff. Yeah, and those are um, – you know, it's – if they're not using it for a commercial purpose, if they're not going to put it into a commercial or mm-hmm. otherwise try to make money off of the images, you can get away with just a general notice. But okay. if somebody else is out there using your image to make money, even if it's just a, a quick swing through your face in a commercial, uh, you're entitled to <laughs> – I mean usually they'll pay you a little bit. Um, but – they don't have As to. They, should, yeah. they don't have to. If you sign away your rights, then you sign away your rights. Uh, which is also interesting, especially now. Um, and I know you know we're thinking the political, you know, advertising is you know it's going to start gearing up here. Unfortunately, right. yes. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, you know, and I was just researching that because I'm trying. You know, I want to do the voiceover with that. And, and one thing that kept popping up is these people that are using like a sound alike to an artist. Yeah. And, you know, that's a no-no. Yes. And uh, so if you're not protected. Yeah, and we can get into that. And particularly that's a copyright issue and there's uh, so many different levels of copyright issues. Um, But to address what you're saying, um, a song, meaning the lyrics and the music, the melody, all of that can be used by anybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anybody can do a cover of anybody else's song. What you can't do is replay the original recording. Okay. So um, starting to get into the the various copyrights, if I write a song and sell it to somebody else, mm-hmm. I get a royalty every time anybody uses my song, even if it became famous by the person to whom I sold it. So if I write a song and sell it to Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift makes a bunch of money off of it, of course, she'll make money. But right. anytime her – Performance of that song goes out. I get a small few pennies. Um, just a few pennies. Just a few pennies. <laughs> yes. Oh bummer. But if okay. you know, successful enough, those That's pennies true. can add up. Yeah. You know, millions and millions of plays. Similarly, though, if somebody else does a cover of the song I wrote that Taylor Swift became famous, I still get money. Okay. So um, now, conversely, if Taylor Swift wrote the song and made a recording, um, I can't just open a bar and play that recording. Without her permission. Now, through various agencies, you're going to get that permission and she'll still get her pennies. Mm -hmm. But if for some reason – and this is what brought me to this is your political uh, question. Um, Yeah, if uh, for example in 1984, uh, Ronald Reagan tried to use Born in the USA, Mm -hmm. uh, Bruce Springsteen's song, Bruce Springsteen did not approve of that. So he had to stop and that has happened many times since. Uh, if uh, there's a particular version of a particular song that, that is played at a political rally, the owner of that song can uh, stop that from happening. Now, the opposite is also true, meaning if the political person at the rally wants to hire a band, that band can play that song oh. because there's a difference between the rights in the recorded version of the song mm-hmm. and the rights to the song as written. Okay. So uh, the song is written. Anybody can use it. They can do their cover of it. 
and they uh, it, it's called a compulsory license, and um, anybody can cover that song as long as they pay the compulsory fee. The fee, the royalty. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that can get you know confusing, but it can. and it's interesting that so many. Since we're talking political, so many of these, you know, candidates take a song. It's like you think they would know what you know. I mean, what's the? I, I, I always thought when I hear that, it's like, all right, you knew, or at least your people knew that you're going to play this, and you shouldn't be playing this. You know, what's? I don't get the point. It's like, okay, it's already out there, and that means more publicity for them because yeah. now they're they're bad. They're you know using someone's song. I, you know, that just drives me crazy. I, I wish I had an answer for you. Especially, I think uh, first time I remember it being an issue was 1984 and born in the USA, but. It seems like every election yeah. cycle, there's somebody objecting to some politician using their song. I just think that the people running a, uh, a, a, a an election, running the uh, the campaign, they're not versed on intellectual property law. And <laughs> you know, is anyone really going to call them out on it? Well, sometimes, sometimes they do. Yeah. And, and my it, guess is they get away with it ninety percent of the time. Well, and again, it depends on you know how big is the candidate. You know, if it's a presidential Correct. candidate, you know, it's going to be. More widespread, exactly. someone's going to say, "Wait a minute, that's exactly that's Bruce's song." What are you but doing? But the campaign managers probably came from some small, you know, house seat in in you know Delaware, and <laughs> you know it probably never got to the attention of the artists uh, before it gets to the big stage. But that same campaign manager is like, "I've been using this song for my whole career." <laughs> Finally, <laughs> somebody mean? noticed. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, so we talked about the different types, um, and and I think for musicians, it's more the copyright and the trademark that's mm-hmm. going to be af- they're affected by. Right. So the copyright is the sound and the written. Well, there's two copyrights. One is the yeah the the words and the lyrics mm-hmm. is is one copyright. Whoever wrote the song, and then once it's fixed in a medium, recorded, however it's recorded these days, usually digitally, um, that actual recording, those exact notes at that exact time. Um, again, that's a different kind of trademark and that is more easily controlled by the people that own it. Okay. It's usually the artist but not always. Um, but even if they give permission to use it, which they usually do because mm-hmm. they'll get their commission, um, if it was written by somebody else, that writer also gets a few <laughs> pennies. So you want to be the one that writes it and the one that records it because then you get both sets yeah. of commissions. Um, but the, um, you know, sometimes, uh, I was just reading a, a story about the song Old Time Rock and Roll. And Bob Seeger, um, you know, was given that song. Somebody else wrote it. Uh, you know, Bob Seeger said he changed almost all of it, but it was kind of a, a last minute addition to, uh, I think the Stranger in Town album. And he didn't bother taking writing credit, even though he wrote at least half of it himself. Okay. He really didn't expect the song to be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, uh, he's not taking credit for all those copyrights after all those years, wow. including all the covers. And so everybody that covers that song, the writers get a royalty. Bob Seger does not. And he's just cringing and his, his manager punches just like, ah, oh. I can <laughs> well, hear him now. <laughs> I think they've done pretty well. Yeah, that, that is true. That's true. Um, you mentioned trademark. We brought up trademarks mm-hmm. again. Let's discuss. Um, so what about a band name, um, the album art, um, the logos, you know, all of that? Yep. Well, let me uh, change one thing about your, your premise. Um, album art actually is under a copyright. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, now, that being said, that same copyright could become a trademark if it is uh, then associated with the band. Um, so a, a band's logo 
can be very valuable. If uh, mm -hmm. the one comes to mind is uh, the Rolling Stones have their uh, tongue, tongue with the lips. Yeah. <laughs> that's you funny know. you said. That. I was just thinking. Yeah, the that's, Rolling Stones. The, that's the one that really leaps to mind yes. in terms of one logo that's associated with a band. And I don't. Maybe you know. I don't. Was that originally an album cover? Uh, you're stumping me. I don't, I'm sorry. I, no, that's, I don't know either. I should know that, but um, but it might have been. Um, it might have been yeah. an album cover back in the early '70s that became so iconic that now it's the Rolling Stones logo. logo. Okay. That, in fact, is a trademark. It's also protected by copyright because some artist designed that, mm -hmm. and that artist owns the copyright in it. But trademarks a very different thing. The artist owns the actual artwork, but what the band owns is the right to use that in association with musical performances, mm -hmm. musical recordings. And so um, that is a trademark. A trademark, you asked originally, like, let's define intellectual property. And so going back to copyrights, copyright is a protection in a fixed uh, and original work of authorship. Okay. So um, again, a picture, a drawing of lips and a tongue is uh, a, a fixed work of authorship. As soon as it's written down, as soon as that drawing was made, it had protection. Same thing with song lyrics. As soon as they're written down, they have protection. Mm -hmm. Trademark is very different in that a trademark does not gain rights until it is used in association with certain goods and services. Okay. So in this case, um, a, uh, the, the lips and tongue logo um, didn't have trademark rights until the Rolling Stones adopted it and started using it in association with their services. Oh. And so obviously by now it's become famous, but you know, just because uh, they liked it doesn't you – know, or even registered it. Uh, you can't even register a trademark until it's actually used in association with your goods and services. Right, right. So to go back to your question, um, album art cover or art work on an album cover um, often can be a trademark. Um, probably more relevant is the name. Mm -hmm. So uh, a band's name, even an artist's individual name, and whether that be a stage name or their real name, can get trademark protection. Um, it's a little harder for a, a given name because, um, you know, if Tom Smith becomes a famous uh, singer, mm -hmm. what about the next Tom Smith? Is he not allowed to perform under his own name? Oh. So it's – it's it gets pretty uh, intricate in terms of the rules with regard to a uh, a proper name, a, a given name. Huh. Um, you know, the example that comes to mind off the top of my head is you know in the eighties there was a well known artist named Brian Adams. Mm -hmm. A couple decades later, there's a guy named Ryan Adams, and so you know those guys are allowed to coexist, but it's kind of confusing. Yes. Um, and so um, if uh, in, in to go a more non-musical but common example, you know, I'm allowed to use my name in almost anything I do, but if my last name happens to be McDonald, I can't open up a hamburger restaurant and call it McDonald's. And so that's <laughs> kind of the way the trademark law looks at a proper first name. Right. If somebody is so famous that they have pretty much occupied the field and everybody's going to think it's the other guy, then yeah, your name or not, you're out yeah, of luck. But of most luck. of the time, they're going to give quite a bit of consideration to an actual given name. Whole different story with a stage name. Obviously, you can't adopt somebody else's name. Right. Um, and uh, you know, actually, that's uh, something to, to bring up for people looking uh, to start a band or adopt a stage name is couldn't be more important to do that early. Worst mm -hmm. thing you can do 
is start getting a following under your name uh-huh. and then have to change it. Oh, yes. That's, I mean, you just, however much time you spend building up that audience is going to have a hard time finding you the next time. So it's really important to pick the good name the first time. And and, and on that note too, for example, if you take get a band name and say you have five people in the, in this band, right. so there's a lot of issues before they become issues that you right. need to do right from the get go. Why don't you explain what the, you know a band should do when they have a name that's not their own name? Well, um, what do you mean not? Oh, not their given name. Not their given name. Sure. Yes. Um, yeah. They well, first thing they need to do is simple Google search <laughs> and. Uh, and that's going to be on Google. It's going to include YouTube. I mean, YouTube is such a big thing, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But see if anybody else is out there performing music under that name. Okay. Um, and uh, any other, you know, Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere you can think of to look to see if there's some obscure artist out there that mm-hmm. you might not have ever heard of, whether you've heard of them or not. If they're out there putting music out, they're there first. They're, yes. Especially these days, back before the internet. There was such thing as a local band, and if that local band was playing in San Diego under the name, um, you know, the Five Cool Guys, and uh, <laughs> you're here in Detroit and you're a local band called the, called the Five Cool Guys, then both of you get to keep using your mark in your local area. Okay. But now that everything, I mean, even uh, marginal bands put themselves on YouTube, put yeah. themselves on Spotify. Um, everything is national now. So there's really no such thing as a local band or local use of a band's name. So be vigilant because if that other guy gets mm. wind of you and they were there first, again, last thing you want to do is Start figure over. out that yeah. you you have a bit of a following and they're going to have to find you under the new name. So that's um, – so you would copyright that name? You would trademark that trademark name. Trademark name. I'm sorry. No yes, problem. Trademark. <laughs> it gets confusing when the two different it things. It does. Okay. So you trademark that name and that's yes. your intellectual property. Yes. That name. As soon as you um, start using it in commerce and that can be as simple as putting your work on mm-hmm. YouTube or doing a concert under your name and okay. putting up a flyer, you have to show the patent and trademark office you've actually used the name. So you have to show a marquee or a flyer or something, something. proving that you mm-hmm. – you had a performance under that name. Um, once you've used it once, good enough to go ahead and file the application for registration. And how long does that normally keep or uh, before you have to renew your – Yeah. Treatment? I mean it can keep forever. Oh, OK. Um, but you do have to renew it. Yeah. So once you get registration from the time you apply to the time you get it uh, registered, it takes nine months, maybe longer. Once you get the registration, um, between the fourth and fifth year you have to renew, then – uh, uh, between the ninth and tenth year after the initial registration, you have to renew, and then every ten years after that. Okay, and you have to re, um, again show that you are Correct. legit and using the. Yep. Each know, okay. time you renew, you have to send yeah. in a new specimen, so showing again <laughs> the flyer or the marquee showing here's my band name. I'm still using it. I'm still putting out music. I'm still playing music. And, yeah, and don't so. show the picture where you're. You know, you're in afros and seventies clothes. It's like <laughs> okay, you're you're not. It has using to be it. current. <laughs> yes, it has to be current. Um, and you, yeah. you bring up a good point about uh, you know everybody's heard about this litigation over the band name. Mm-hmm. When there is one original band member left, but they're oh, going yes. out and still acting like they're the four tops or the, you know whoever it may be, uh, that uh, there might not be any original band members left, but you can license the name. I mean, okay. technically, <laughs> it, they could all be dead as long as they're um, 
the intellectual property was somehow uh, assigned to somebody else, uh-huh. you know, you could go out there and and be a band that is no original members left, but they mm-hmm. have the rights. And you've heard about all these lawsuits about one band members suing the other right. band members about using the name. And often that ends up in some sort of um, uh, settlement. Has there ever been an issue where the original band, you know, all of a sudden they're all gone and no one you know, gave the rights to anybody and it's wide open? Is that does- – Usually not um, because that if, – if the new owners, there's still – the music is still out there and it's still being used by radio stations, oh, et cetera. Right. So somebody, the estate of somebody okay. or if it's a corporation, you know, the owners of that corporation will still have rights to the name. Just because they're not performing anymore doesn't mean the, the band's name – it doesn't have any value because right. it okay. does, yeah. um, especially you know with all of the various uh, satellite radio stations of every genre. No music is dead anymore. Mm-hmm. It goes that is on true. Forever. That is true. Um, so uh, you know, we talked about renewing all that, but how long are you protected with uh, you know your intellectual property? How long is it protected? A, a trademark is protected, again, as long as you renew, as long as you're using it, as long as you renew. What a trademark – and I gave the definition of a copyright, but a trademark, the uh, idea behind it is to identify the source of the goods or services, in this case, the source of the music. And so that shouldn't expire. Okay. A patent expires because, OK, you invented it. You get to keep it for X number of years, but after a while, the world should get the right to use it. Trademark is very different in that it's really just giving the source of the original work and so the public has a right to know the source. Right. And if trademarks fall into uh, you know, the public domain, then anybody could go out there and call themselves the Rolling Stones and pre- present a terrible show <laughs> and, and there would be no recourse. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, trademarks can go on forever. Copyrights do not go on forever. So the rights to a song, there are many, many songs from decades ago, many decades ago Mm -hmm. because they do last a long time, um, that are in the public domain. And so songs from the 1800s or uh, some songs from the older uh, Broadway musicals are in the public domain. They've lapsed. The copyrights are over and anybody can play them without paying royalties to anybody. Well, isn't it – 70 years once it, you're gone? Correct. It, it has okay. to do with the life of the copyright holder and then, yes, once they're gone, 70 years, life of the copyright holder plus 70 years. 70 years. So. Which is currently the case. There's various tiers. If you look back, they, Congress has changed it several times. So it used to be a shorter amount of time. Interestingly, Congress um, has changed it at the behest of Disney. Because uh, Mickey Mouse was in danger of falling into the public oh, domain, really, <laughs> which oh. would have been very uh, challenging for Disney yes. to lose that copyright and let anybody create a Mickey Mouse. So um, you know, they they uh, they put their weight behind uh, behind their lobbying and got Congress to <laughs> extend how long oh, a copyright I, remains valid. <laughs> well, Mickey would have been up for grabs, huh? Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, um, what's the um, you know, we talked about uh, the bands and splitting up and what happens. You know, yeah. all of that. Um, if you're a solo artist, it's it's pretty easy. You know, figure it is, out what but to do. There's also it's not a bad idea um, if you start to become well known um, and have management. Chances are, um, management or even if they don't, maybe it should be thought of is to put the intellectual property into a corporation. Um, If there's ever a dispute, for instance, if uh, somebody comes along and claims that, hey, 
that song is a ripoff of my song. Mm-hmm. What you want to avoid, and this isn't true in any aspect of your life, is personal liability. So to the extent you can put your assets, including your intellectual property, your copyrights and your trademarks into a corporation, the worst thing that can happen is that corporation is found uh, liable for a billion dollars and that corporation has to declare bankruptcy. It will lose its assets, which is the copyright. They'll go into the public domain or be owned by somebody else, worst case scenario. But um, you know, the personal assets of the artist will remain intact. OK. OK. Um, is there is it better to be a corporation or LLC or does it really matter? It really depends on okay. the whole situation and honestly that's uh, – I leave that to my partners. That's not really my <laughs> okay. alley anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, let's not go there then. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to switch gears here because you you brought up YouTube and this is like, you know, just YouTube has exploded. There's I don't know if there's into the billions at this point, but definitely millions of people on YouTube. I think it's in the billions. Yeah. Okay, that wouldn't surprise me. And at just least, you know, an individual um, you know uh, posting can get a billion hits. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, and and people just put things on there constantly. They do. Um, I don't know how you find anything on it. You know, well, sometimes I mean, I'll, I'll answer that question. <laughs> um, in terms of finding something, that um, YouTube obviously is a haven for infringers. Mm. Um, and YouTube is trying to stay one step ahead of the curve. So what artists should do is if they uh, upload a legitimate copy of orig- an original work that okay. they own, um, YouTube allows them to um, uh, file with YouTube a um, – it's called a reference file. Okay. And it's a little sample of the musical recording. And then YouTube has an algorithm that YouTube will use to track – if anyone else has that same sound bite in their postings. How long is this little bite? Does it matter? Uh, YouTube will tell you. I'm not sure the exact okay. length. But, but it's, not very long. It, well, no, it's not the entire song. But it's enough to get a flavor okay. of whether somebody else is out there using uh, the exact same track. Now, okay. it's, it's not infallible because certainly other people could be out there using something similar legitimately mm-hmm. or they could use something that's close but not close enough for the algorithm to pick up but still, you know, infringing on your song. Okay. Uh, you know, you could you can think of cover songs that are so different than the original <laughs> that they <laughs> yes. might not yeah. get picked up. Uh, I just heard a cover by Metallica. Of Bob Seger's "Turn the Page" into, Ooh. <laughs> they are interesting. Uh, you wouldn't know it's the same song. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so the the uh, is that called the um, metadata? Is that what yes. that is? Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the metadata. What you have to do when you upload your uh, your little sample there, it's it's called a reference file. You mm-hmm. want to. Um, Include in their metadata so that YouTube can find you, the legitimate owner, okay. and make sure you get paid your amount for them and or um, they will assist you with a takedown notice so you can ask those other people that, to take down okay. what they've done. Is that easy to do, to do the reference file? And the reference that? file is fairly easy. Okay. Um, the rest of it does get a little cumbersome because you know YouTube might disagree with you that it's uh, violating and YouTube uh, you know, doesn't want to get in trouble on the other side for taking down something that shouldn't be taken down. So often they'll leave it to you to request it be taken down okay. um, and you might have to go through a few steps to get YouTube's attention to make sure they'll take it down. <laughs> Is there um, – do you have to do two separate like for just the lyrics and then the music? Or just a full recording? No, because the lyrics are not going to be picked up by the algorithm. Oh, OK. So it's, it's really okay. just the music. So it's, it's more likely to catch a, an exact copy, which there are lots of there. If you were to Google any song, if you were to Google Bob Seger's Turn the Page, um, you would find um, 
several copies of the original Bob Seger version, mm -hmm. several copies of the live version, and then dozens, maybe hundreds of copies of other people doing a cover of that song. Okay. So again, other people are allowed to do a cover of that song, mm -hmm. but they need to pay a royalty. On YouTube, they're probably not. What about if someone just takes their song and posts it on their YouTube channel, for example? Mm -hmm. Can they do that? Their own song? No. If they take a – take someone – okay, I have a YouTube channel. I, I really like Turn the Page, Bob Seger, since you that we were talking about that. And I decide to put that up on my page, like one of my favorites or something. Will that – Flag, get a flag. You should. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if YouTube's algorithm is working. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, I'm just, but I'm just promoting him and pushing his song because it's so good. Now, what you can do, which is a different story, and what you should do if you are so interested, is to provide a link. Uh, and YouTube, okay. maybe it's it's less uh, easy to, to provide a link, but if you truly want to promote somebody else's stuff, mm -hmm. you provide a link to the legitimate. Uh, Posting, I'm sure Bob Seger has a legitimate posting on YouTube that he can monetize. Okay. Uh, and so, to the of course, extent it's that, always down to the you know how much money, right? You know, well, that's it's true about for the anything, money. and that's you know that's true of, <laughs> yeah. of YouTube, and it has changed the industry because um, a lot of people have become famous simply by posting themselves on YouTube, mm -hmm. getting a following, going viral, as they say, and. Uh, if you have enough hits, YouTube will send you money. Uh, you know they will get their advertising dollars out of all those hits, and and you can monetize your business, your uh, music that way. And it really uh, has short circuited a lot of the former route, which is still out there. But you know it used to be really only one way to mm -hmm. to fame and fortune through the music industry is that is get discovered by a record company. Right, right. There is an alternative avenue now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole another issue. Of course. <laughs> uh, quick question. Go back real quick. So uh, does. YouTube actually pay the royalties or are they hooked together with BMI or ASCAP? Correct. Yeah, BMI or ASCAP okay. will actually pay the royalty. Uh, you know, they'll BMI will facilitate the uh, okay. the royalties. So no, YouTube doesn't pay them. You, YouTube monetizes the song itself. Right. So all those hits, the the person getting all those hits uh, gets the money from the okay. advertising dollars, mm -hmm. but that's a separate uh, separate amount from um, you know, the Let's say I record somebody else's song. I will get money for all of my hits uh, with regard to YouTube and YouTube will pay me. But then I, through BMI, will have to pay the owner of the of the song, whoever wrote the song. OK. So there's all kinds of pennies going back and forth each time a song gets played. What a, an accounting <laughs> nightmare. It is. And that's why, you know, you reference BMI and ASCAP and that's, uh, you know, that's big business, but mm -hmm. they do it well. And so, you know, they take their cut, but they're, you know, it's a very valuable business because yeah. you've got, if you think about everything from, um, you know, wedding venues, bars, uh, concert venues, and uh, even, you know, uh, dentist office waiting areas. You know, there's mm -hmm. music played a lot of places that uh, is subject to copyrights, and so somebody's got to keep track of that, police that, and yeah. uh, make sure those pennies are going to the right places. You keep <laughs> saying pennies. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you think of all the places I just listed off. Yes, all those pennies add up. That is you know, true. I mean, you've got. Uh, I I heard a story uh, not too long ago about the guy who wrote the song "Walking on Sunshine" by Katrina and the Waves. Waves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a really big song one summer, and but it's such a poppy, feel-good song. Mm -hmm. It is all over the place. It's in so many commercials. It gets played in you know montages in movies. Mm -hmm. I heard that guy gets six figures a year 
just by virtue of writing that song however many years ago. Wow. Yeah. So, you know. I'm in the wrong business. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And and I always said it's the songwriter who really makes out. Yeah. And, you know, it's – again, the music business has changed. um, But the songwriter makes out. uh, But it's still – it is still pennies. The the Walking on Sunshine is probably – an exception, um, you know, yeah. you probably know this better than I do, but the music industry is such that people used to tour, uh, you know, to support their albums and mm-hmm. get people to buy their albums. And, you know, you could go to a concert for 12 bucks. Well, now the yeah. concerts <laughs> are $175 for a seat. So, mm-hmm. you know, the artists, at least the ones that can, make their money now not by their music but by their concerts. Which is why the price went up because that's how they're making their money. they got to put the price up so they can make more money because they're not selling the albums, right? they're yeah. not making the money they used to off of all of these right, royalties. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and, you know, it used to be when you bought an album, you know, the artist would get royalty for all 12 songs. Now, mm-hmm. well, you only like three songs of the album, so you're only buying three songs. And it's so much easier to just buy three songs than it used to be. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, what happens? I'm going to stick on it with uh, YouTube for a moment. So, um, you know, you have to uh, do the reference file, as we mentioned. And what happens? You've done that, but somehow it's not. Um, you know, they're still missing some. Right. What you know? What can an artist do to well, protect an their property? Should be vigilant. And YouTube has, has an entire section. You know, it's. Uh, I believe it's something like you know a webs uh, webs not a website a, a domain or an email address where it's um, either copyright violations at youtube.com, something along okay. those lines. It's an entire uh, email set up just for complaints about uh, violations of copyrights, uh, and it goes right to the law offices of, <laughs> of YouTube, and they'll look into it. Um, and they can afford a big law that's right. offices. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. so yes, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because the algorithm's great. YouTube's trying or says they're trying, but uh-huh. really, it, it is up to the individual uh, artists to protect their own rights. And and YouTube is the biggest, but it's not the only place out there where mm-hmm. you can find uh, you know infringers. Right. Uh, so all, any site, even just a Google search, um, you know, can find lots of files out there of people who are posting this stuff that shouldn't be. So it's really a good idea for an artist, especially one that has value in their uh, copyrighted material, to be vigilant. Mm-hmm. And 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 how often, you know, I mean, musicians have a lot to do, you know, right. to write, run their business yeah. and, you know, try to make some money and all that. And there's so much on the business side that yeah. takes up their time. And it's like, you know, how often, you know, do, you just don't want to sit in front of a computer every right. day and start, you know, trying to find your music. That's... Yeah, Seems ridiculous. You know, if you get big enough, um, you know, you should probably hire somebody to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Otherwise, it's a game of whack-a-mole. You know, you, you, you <laughs> whack-a-mole. Well, you know, you, uh, yeah. you, you stomp some down, and other ones pop up. It's uh, it's just kind of a constant game of uh, you know staying ahead of them. Theoretically, you could go after them for damages, but you know the the damages you're going to get. You know, what did you lose? You lost some pennies. Pennies, again. And, uh, you know, a lawsuit's going to cost you tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so uh, Mm. it's probably not worth it. Now, certainly people have, um, you know, in the right circumstances, made examples of people. And that's, uh, you know, the whole Napster thing. Right. right. Uh, They were going after individuals to make a point. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't uh, (laughs) didn't make money off of those lawsuits. But, you know, it made national news. And other people are like, oh, geez, I'm not not going to download anything else from Napster. Point was yes. made. And, you know, they, that was a good investment. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars going after these small-time people downloading, but now mm. many of us stopped doing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Just 
you don't you don't want to attempt it. You know, right. don't don't bother with it. Yeah, just, yeah. I'll, I'm saving ninety nine cents, but uh, I could be sued for you know mm-hmm. a lot. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, and and you said it's you know expensive if, if an artist finds that their intellectual property is being infringed upon. Yeah. Um, I mean, how you know when when do they decide? It's like, well, you know, this is my stuff. You know. Right. It's not I mean, going to be cheap to, no. to to stop it, and yeah, if it's happening on a grander scale, if it's happening, you know, if if an artist finds that its um, song was used in a movie, well, that's oh, a big geez. deal. Yeah. yeah, if you find some individual posted on the internet, you know, the practical route is to go through YouTube, go through whatever the host uh, server is, and uh, and get them taken down. But it is unrealistic to go after each individual person for damages. Yeah. It's again a game of whack-a-mole. Just each one that pops up, get them taken down, and they'll probably pop up again, or somebody else like them will. Uh, and it's a constant. Wow. Thing. Yeah. So I'm a musician, and I'm hearing you, and I'm thinking, well, what's the point? But you just don't know the what if down the line. For example, your song does work for a, a, a movie or a commercial. Right. So you yeah. have to be prepared for that. Absolutely. And, much. you know, there's uh, – if you don't protect it, um, chances are you're not going to be found uh, as a waiver of your rights. So if, you know, there's some person who posted uh, your song in the background as kind of the background to their little fun, you know, 13-year-old girl dance video, <laughs> you're probably going to let it go or do a takedown notice. And even if you don't, when the time comes that somebody big time – Violates your uh, your copyright uses without permission. Um, you know, then you can you can really get damages yeah. if somebody big time puts it on a commercial, puts it on a movie without permission. Now that being said, that almost never happens because those people have lawyers, and <laughs> those people know better than to try and put something out there. You know, the 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 dance team in in Oklahoma doesn't know the difference, and they'll just do it and expect no one to say anything about it. And even if they do, okay, we'll take it down. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, it's it doesn't. You know, it's a matter of degree. A couple of people out there using your work is probably not the end of the world. It's smart to be vigilant, um, but how much are they really hurting you? Um, you know, probably not that much, but mm-hmm. you still, it, it's it's a good idea to keep vigilant, know what's out there. Yeah, you just never know. And when you said that too, with the like the dance team, you know, I mean, my kids were in recitals for years, and then they played all that music, so. Right. There's probably artists that have no clue. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> none that their music is being used. Of course. Yeah, I was at uh, my daughter's recital wow. last night and they played a couple of uh, pop songs. They played Shut Up and Dance and they played uh, Firework. And, uh, you know, I don't think the even the band director really knows the whole ins and outs mm. of, of, you know, getting the license to that. Now, that being said, uh, before we get too far afield, that is an educational purpose. It's a fair use. So, you know, for that, probably not a problem. Okay. Um, so there is a line there. For yeah. educational purposes, it's considered a fair use. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to make it sound yeah. like these schools are out there. <laughs> but, you know, your point is valid that uh, everything from political rallies to um, commercials to just, uh, you know, some people in their basement making a, mm-hmm. a fun video uh, with background, in the, you know, background music. Yeah. You know, it's, it's everywhere. And the, the well-known artists have to worry about it. Well, 
Not just the well-known artists, the artists that are going to be well-known. Absolutely. <laughs> Which could be everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> if that's your mindset, right? Sure. And, it, you know, it brings you back to, uh, you know, getting the name right the first time. Um, and, uh, you know, we had a situation where there was a, an artist who had been around for decades, you know, not hugely popular, but had had some uh, success across the country for decades, just kind of maintaining a good living. Um, as uh, as a hip hop DJ, name was DJ Logic. Well, uh, about uh, less than a decade ago, a uh, young up and coming rap artist called Logic hit the scene, and mm. that was a big problem. They ended up working it out, but um, you know, to have two people in the generally the same uh, field. Um, one DJ Logic, one Logic, you know, that's pretty close. Very close. Yeah. So, uh, it's the same word. Come on. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it was a, a question of the, the younger one really didn't investigate the name's availability and the other guy who had been around for a long time wasn't super well known. So it was just kind of a situation where you got to look everywhere before you pick that name. Who Who got the name? They ended up, again, with a, a, a arrangement where they can both, both use, use it, it but okay. you know, hopefully um, – avoid situations and make intentional overtures to their audiences uh, to make sure that their audiences know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just – what happens when – what happens with – and this is uh, a true with a couple artists that um, – I'm drawing a blank on his last name, but they were both Peter something and they're both – well known, but they were in a little different genre. One was uh, more of the folky side, and one was more of the pop side. But mm -hmm. that was their given names. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Like I mean, we talked about this a bit. With a given name, it's a lot harder for a court to say you can't use yeah. your given name. Yeah. It has to be so well known that um, that the given name is just taken. Um, you know, Michael Jackson. Conceivably, somebody named Michael Jackson might be asked to. Add his middle initial or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, but for the most part, um, you can use your real name. Okay. This, you just you have to think about these things ahead of time. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, something else that uh, leaps to mind is when a band is first starting, um, you know, they have to, ideally anyway, um, get their understanding in writing. Mm -hmm. And... Um, for instance, you know, if a band writes a song together, did they really write it together or did one person write most of the song and somebody else said, hey, maybe change the lyric to this? So it's something you need to think about in advance when you are registering your copyright mm -hmm. and we should talk about copyright registration also. But okay. when you are dealing with a copyright and uh, identifying the owner of the song, I mean, that's something hopefully you figure out in advance. Otherwise, you know, 20 years later when the band splits up and you're figuring out who's going to get royalties when some cover band plays that song, mm. uh, does the one guy who wrote most of it get all of it or does the other guy get a percentage or does he get half? Kind of like you need a prenup. It's exactly like a prenup. <laughs> it really is. And that's true for all this stuff uh, yeah. with a band. If uh, if if you're really forethinking, you want a prenup for all that stuff, including who gets to use the music later, who gets to claim the name when you're touring, all that stuff. Um, but particularly copyright rights um, is something you'd like to get <laughs> at the time the song is created and recorded. You'd like to know exactly who owns it. And I know a lot of bands, they're, you know, like some guys, you know, they, they – went to high school together and they lived in the neighborhood. They formed this garage band. They just had fun jamming and coming up with these songs. 
Well, we're just friends, and we'll never have that problem of down course. the line. Yeah, that's that's what no they're thinking. No matter how they get together when the yeah. when they're first together and they're you know, uh, young and hungry, and uh, they think everything's going to be great. And if boy, if they hit it big, it'll be even better. Mm-hmm. You know, how can anything mm-hmm. go wrong? I've got all this money. I'm happy to share it. But yeah, it, it reminds me of a story about the band The Smiths. Um, you know, the guitarist uh, Johnny Marr and the vocalist uh, Morrissey were really the driving forces behind The Smiths. Yeah, I don't even know the other two guys' names. They, <laughs> you know, they kind of came and went. They were they were around and they played. And you know, Smiths actually were only a band for about five years. Um, had a big influence for five years. But anyway, um, you know, the two guys were kind of around and played what Morrissey and Johnny Marr told them to play. Um, and they're, you know, when they show a picture of the four band members, they're in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, their contributions were lesser. And so when bands split up and time came to divide the loyal, the royalties, um, you know, Johnny Marr and Morrissey thought they should get them all. Uh-huh. Um, and were kind of secretly paying these other two less. And, uh, secretly, huh? Yeah. They, you know, they gave them royalties, but not. One quarter, you know, oh. not not their equal share. And so when they found out about it, they sued and they did win. But those are the kinds of things that you'd like to avoid <laughs> if you can figure it out in advance. Yeah, when you're friends. Yeah. Before you're not friends exactly. and you're battling in court, that's the better time. Yeah, again, you know, and I like to compare it to a prenup because you're thinking, I love this guy. You know, right. I'm not going to have any problems. We're never going to hit, you know, hit the, hit the bottom. Yeah. But it's a difficult conversation yeah. to have in both situations. But important to but, have. And that's why uh, to the extent bands um, can't afford to uh, get management, that's really the job of management to okay. <laughs> impose upon them mm-hmm. such things, make sure they have their P's and Q's uh, in, in line because that's exactly what management should be doing. Yeah. So, so if you can't figure it out yourself between the you know the whole group, yeah, management. Well, yeah, I mean, man, you know, they might not even think about it if you're eighteen, nineteen, and you're with your high school buddies. Mm-hmm. Who thinks about such things? Hopefully, right. listening to this podcast and will. But if they don't, <laughs> you know, uh, then it's up to management to you know, even if they're a few years down the road and say, hey, we're starting to get a following, we should really get things together. Yeah. So it might not be right at the beginning, okay. um, but even, you know, at the point that they are big enough to get management, then hopefully management is on the ball enough to start uh, aligning such things. Or they've got a few songs under their belt or at least, you know, one full CD or whatever. Yeah. Then yeah. it's like, hey, okay, let's let's think about this. You know, where right. are we going and, okay. you know, what yep. we need to do. Okay. Absolutely. So let me get back to – we had talked a little bit. I, I touched on um, copyrights and I, I explained that copyrights are – your work is protected as soon as it's in a fixed medium. Okay. And that could be as easy as, as the notes you're writing down right now are your copyright. You own them. I can't steal them without paying you a royalty. And do you want them? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How much do you want for them? <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's fine. Um, so uh, unlike – a song, there's no such thing as compulsory uh, rights to a to a written work such as your notes. You didn't have to give them to me. Right. Uh, songs are, are, I think, unique in that um, somebody else can use them whether you want them to or not. They uh-huh. just have to pay royalties. In any event, um, copyrights, there is protection as soon as they are in a fixed medium. But uh, there are some benefits to registering. Okay. And the most important one is if – your work is not registered with the U.S. Copyright Office. You can't sue somebody else oh. for violating it. Oh. So even though you have rights, enforcing those rights is a different story. Now, you can do a takedown notice. You can get YouTube to do a takedown notice. Um, but in order to sue and even to get damages or an injunction from the court, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have to file a uh, registration, which is easy, not all that quick. 
Um, so if you're in a situation where somebody is truly uh, violating your copyright and truly causing you damage on a short-term scale mm-hmm. for a large fee, <laughs> the Copyright Office will expedite the filing. Okay. And so uh, you can – in about a week, you can get a registration, whereas otherwise it takes about nine months. But probably less expensive in the nine months. Oh, way less way expensive. Less, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's about 65 bucks uh, to register a work in the normal course mm-hmm. and uh, 865 oh, bucks oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to expedite. <laughs> Another another good point is like do it early, do it do it when you can. Well, there's some considerations there. If you are prolific and you have just hundreds of songs that may or may not even get recorded, mm-hmm. or they may be thrown on the floor of the cutting room, um, you're not going to register all of those. Right. And so, um, you know, things like if you are uh, signed to a record label. Record label will take care of it then. But if you're signed to a record label and you have a big deal and this is going to get distributed across the country, yeah, you want to register those. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're somebody you know, uh, who, who rests your iPhone against the uh, dresser while you're playing your guitar uh, and singing <laughs> your song for YouTube, it's probably not practical to file that with the copyright office right. for 65 bucks every time. So it really is a matter of uh, of how much uh, you think it's worth. Mm-hmm. If you think that there's value there, if you think this is even if you're the the person with the uh, iPhone and the guitar, but you have that one song that you wrote and you know this is going to be your song. Yeah, then you maybe should register. Yeah. Um, but the reason you get copyright protection without registering is uh, on a, a different medium. But you know, the Detroit Free Press, at least when it was published in print. And even now that it comes out every day, it would be completely impractical for every newspaper across the country to register each copy of its publication every time. With the, <laughs> they would just be overwhelmed. That's, oh yeah, yeah. So that's why the law is that it's protected as, as soon as it's published. Okay. If there's a problem, you can retroactively publish it and then sue on it. Well, in the long run, you know, sixty-five bucks to do your song. Yeah. But if you wait to the end, you probably are saving money you know, yes. instead of doing you know each song because that could add up. Exactly. And then, you know, now one thing to, to weigh in difference. The other benefit to registration, and that's the reason you'd like to do it uh, for a song that you really think is big. You'd like to do it immediately. Is uh, the damages available are much more significant if you f- if the infringer violated it at a time it was already registered. So okay. they can't they can't violate it regardless of whether it's registered. But if you register it and then they violate it, your damages are increased by statute. Okay. So that's another good reason. It's a good right. reason. That's why <laughs> record companies and movie studios for you know their their obviously big time nationwide worldwide projects will register as a matter of course. Okay. Cuz you know they want the bigger hammer and the uh, the better uh, ability to go after people immediately. Um they can afford the 800 bucks too to to expedite but um just for really big time projects that all gets registered. Well, um uh, I want to just thought of something when you mentioned the record company um do they own the intellectual property? If you sign, if you're signed on with a record label, do they actually own it? Don't they? It's usually a matter of contract, but yes, okay. um, yeah. they're, they're so, going to own. Uh, they're probably going to own the recording. Again, we talked about the difference between right. a recording and the song itself. You wrote right. the song; you're always going to own it. Right. Um, I mean, you could always assign it, your rights to it, but you're still going to be the author and um, and listed as the author. Whether those rights are sold to somebody else, I think the. 
Didn't the Beatles uh, catalog end up with somebody else somehow? Uh, yeah, Michael Paul Jackson. McCartney. Yeah, or, yeah Paul, that's right. Michael, yeah. And maybe Paul McCartney wrote, had to brought buy it back, had something to buy like it back, that. Yeah. <laughs> so that can happen. But okay. in any event, and, you know, that kind of thing, um, it often upsets, you know, other members of the band if if one member had rights and sold it and then it ends up in a commercial mm. somewhere. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I'm sorry. What was your question? <laughs> we were talking about the record label. And yeah, the record. Yeah, by property. contract, uh, typically the record label, especially for young artists, is going to have a lot of leverage, and so they're going to own the rights to the recording. Okay. Um, and uh, most likely, um, you know, give some percentage of the sales to the artist. And uh, you know, again, a young artist starting off, if they're signed by a record label, they think they've made it. But if they're signed by the record label and that record label doesn't sell anything, they're probably not getting much. Yeah. <laughs> so, they're, they're back to those pennies again. Yeah, and they're probably on a whole lot of pennies. Yeah. You know, it used to be uh, a record label will give a pretty big bonus. Uh, you know, uh, as Bruce Springsteen said, the record label just give me a big advance. I don't think that happens as much no, as it used to. <laughs> no, which which I've mentioned before, it's a lot, reason a lot of artists go independent. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. And, you know, the other thing is if you do sign that record label, they're going to own you for five or seven records or five or seven years mm. and, uh, you know, have a lot of say in the content, uh, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's always been kind of a battle. You've heard about it forever yes. about, uh, you know, the record company wanted me to put out this song or cut down that song to make <laughs> – Billy Joel said uh, – you want to have a hit, you got to make it fit. So I cut it down to three oh five. Or what Prince did, change the name to a symbol. There you, go. When, you know when he was so mad with the label. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They let it known. It's like yeah. I'm not happy with you, but yeah. I have no choice. Yeah. You know. That brings me to a, a point I wanted to raise about um, a band name. You know, you had said Prince, and um, when bands are looking for a name, they need to understand the difference between somebody else's registered trademark. And somebody else's registered trademark in the field. Okay. So in other words, uh, Prince is the only person that can use Prince as a musical recording artist. But Prince can have spaghetti, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, Genesis uh, is the only band name allowed for a musical uh, group. But there's dozens of companies called Genesis right. or Oasis. Oasis is in the name of lots of companies or products. That's true. And yeah. but it's also a band name. So when you're looking for a band name and if the Oasis guys were to look it up and say, oh geez, Oasis is already out there for a an internet production company, well that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally different. Totally different. Yeah. So it is a matter of being in the field. And if okay. uh, if the name's taken by somebody else for a different kind of trademark, mm -hmm. that's okay. Okay. So so much for a musician to figure out. There is. <laughs> but the main thing is you, we want you to protect your property yeah. and, and be rightfully paid for your property. Of course. And, you know, property. you invented it. You came up with it. Yeah. It's yours. It's an original work. And talking especially about copyrights, um, you know, the system has evolved to give you your pennies. And <laughs> you keep talking pennies. <laughs> Well, again, think about all of the doctor's offices, all of the bars, all of the concert venues across the country. Um, you know, these guys are millionaires for a reason, but it happened penny by penny. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, 
that's just we don't want to discourage musicians but no (laughs) i mean it's actually a pretty good system and i don't think anybody gets cheated they do get less than they used to um it's uh especially like i said people used to buy albums and they don't anymore Mm -hmm. and so it is harder to make money on uh downloads of singles right and youtube hits Mm -hmm. so um that's a true fact but there is still um you know still money to be made and uh fame to be had and like i said uh, with, um, you know, if you become well-known and you can sell out your venue, um, you know, concert tickets have gone so crazy that yeah. you'll make money you that make way. Money, right, so right. Uh, there's, there's enough money out there. <laughs> um, we only have just a couple more minutes and um, I just want to ask you really quick here. What about uh, if you have a song but it's uh, translated, you know, for example, Japan's playing your song, does that affect it? Well, I mean, that's an interesting question in that if it's being played in Japan, in any language, you know, the U.S. copyright laws only cover the U.S. Uh, okay. I was thinking that. When well, I that just... being said, Japan has copyright laws. Okay. And so you, um, you do need to protect it internationally, oh, especially okay. if you're big enough to be international. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's – but yes, if the song uh, is translated but the song is still recognizable as your work, then it's still your okay. work. Right. Um, and then by the way, the same thing goes with trademarks. Um, you know, if you have uh, a name that has – a meaning in another language um, and that word in the other language is already registered as a trademark, they won't let marks coexist that have the same meaning in two different languages. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So. A lot for a musician to think about. Yes. Any last words you'd like to uh, say? I'm just looking over um, my notes. Yeah, a couple of things about trademarks and that is um, – an artist that does become well known um, will probably end up with, as we talked about, uh, you can have the mark Oasis for a band and for a company name that's unrelated. Some of these artists have done well enough that they use their well known marks for a wide variety of things. So if um, uh, Taylor Swift, for example, has a registered trademark for the name Taylor Swift with regard to musical performances. She also has 57 other registered trademarks for perfume, stationery, mm. calendars, T-shirts, hats, yeah. <laughs> whatever you name. You know, uh, she has uh, – she's gotten a registration for those as well. Jimmy Buffett's gone, made a whole business out of Margaritaville, everything. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, just because you have the name for your uh, band or yourself as a performing artist doesn't mean you're covered if you expand beyond it. Gotcha. And then um, mm. just one other thing to note, um, you know, if you do end up in a situation with somebody using your name or likeness, um, it's kind of the same situation with the uh, takedown notice. Mm-hmm. You know, contact them. Um, they may or may not have done it innocently. Uh, if it was not innocently, you could probably get some royalties or otherwise get damages. More than likely, people didn't realize it and they'll take it down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes I they think. should have realized it. There was <laughs> there was a local business that ran a billboard that said uh, – we love our customers like Bob Seger loves old-time rock and roll. Oh, jeez. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they were quite apologetic, but they uh, you know, they took it down right away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you so much. Great well, information and um, a lot of information. I mean, just there's so much. Yeah, that they have we to could go on, but it's nice, yeah, uh, yeah, nice to sure. get the basics out there. And if anybody needs any help, uh, you know, feel free yeah. to give me a call. So this is Max Sneed from the Kurt Russell um, and Weber PLC here in Detroit. Correct. So, um, you know, just you find you online, yep. I'm sure. So. Absolutely. 
what a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you, for, you for your expertise. Anytime. There's so much <laughs> on, uh, you know, we just want the musicians to, you know, get what they deserve with their intellectual property. So protect it where, where you can. So Absolutely. Great points on that. So again, thank you so much, Max. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the business of the music business. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you would leave a review, that would be great. Find out more, just follow me on Facebook and uh, my website, hamrossi.com. Have a great week.